0: Tim Dower. Tim Dower, kicking off the day the right way. Summer Breakfast on talks ZB. Good morning, Summer Breakfast till nine. The first day of five to 11-year-olds being eligible for vaccination saw long queues at some of the walk-up centres and reports of difficulty booking. Health officials, meanwhile, are preparing advice to the government on possible changes to the traffic light settings. The Director-General of Health, Dr Ashley Bloomfield, is with us this morning. Good morning. And good morning. Did you get much of a holiday? I had a great break,
1: thanks. And uh, we made sure all our team here had some time off. Uh, they'd worked very hard last year. Uh, but they they also worked through the break, uh, not just to respond, you know, to the ongoing Uh, outbreak in the community, but also obviously some really important planning for Omicron
0: and for the the rollout of the vaccination for kids, which started yesterday. And what are you hearing about that? What's the immediate feedback you're getting? We've had all sorts of reports on that, people flying through in some cases, others sat in line for hours.
1: Well, the report I saw yesterday morning was that some people had had to wait for up to an hour at one of the centres in Auckland, um, maybe a little longer, but I know the teams uh, put in extra staff to reduce those queues quickly. Uh, We saw just over 14,000 children vaccinated yesterday around the country, so that was a good result. Great start. Um, And, you know, it's great to see this high level of interest from both parents and children. I noticed reading the stories that there are a lot of kids who are really keen to have the vaccine.
0: But we've also had pharmacies uh, say they've had no instructions on this from the ministry, no vaccine stock. Is there something wrong?
1: Uh, Not at all. We uh, had uh, sent out in advance over 120,000 doses of the vaccine to 500 different locations around the country. Uh, uh, before yesterday so there was there were plenty of places that people could go to get vaccinated and um, I know that the team has worked hard uh, yeah. to ensure that there is clear instruction to uh, to GPs, pharmacies and other places that are vaccinating.
0: Why would they say they'd not heard anything?
1: Well I'm not too sure but we can follow up and just see and uh, often they'll let us know if there are particular issues and the
0: team's really good at responding to that It's beginning to sound like another communications failure
1: Well I don't know what other communications failures you're referring to, but in this case, uh, definitely not. And the feedback I was seeing in both the mainstream media and, and social media last night was really positive from parents and kids. So that, that's a great start to the
0: programme. All right. What do, you, what do you say to the parents who have mounted a legal challenge to the rollout to children? They say the approval process is flawed. They, they reckon it's illegal.
1: Well, I'm not going to comment on that legal challenge because it will now be before the courts. What I can say is that I'm really confident in the approval process. That Medsafe uh, undertakes it's it, uh, rigorous, it's world class, and I'm confident in the in the advice we've given to ministers and uh, that formed the basis for the decision to roll out the program.
0: Shall we move on to Omicron then? The PM now says it's inevitable. You have a plan for that? Uh, most definitely, and of course. A number of
1: elements of that plan are already in place, including a switch to uh, to requiring everybody to do 10 days managed isolation coming into the country, uh, delaying that uh, proposal for self-isolation for people coming in from Australia and other places, which would have started by now, and that's obviously been delayed to the end of February. But a key a key plank in the planning is, the rollout of the booster programme, the Pfizer booster programme. So just a a plug for anyone who's due their booster. It's only a four-month interval now, and so do get out and book and get that booster. That's one of the most important things that everyone can do to prepare for Omicron.
0: Obviously, you're in a bit of a race against time, not wishing to over-egg it, but uh, sooner or later it is going to crack through. We got lucky again uh, with the person who got infected in MIQ. Uh, but without a, a successful booster program, we are vulnerable, aren't we? Well,
1: we're not as vulnerable as a number of other countries because we've got very high vaccination rates um, for our, our double dose of Pfizer. You know, well over ninety percent now, which is great. And a lot of that is quite recent. Uh, but yes, the booster program is important. So again, you know, just encourage everyone. We know there is good evidence that. Booster is both necessary and very effective against Omicron. So I encourage people to get out and get that. And in the meantime, of course, yes, the teams are working really hard to make sure we keep the the virus out of the country for as long as possible.
0: Uh, on that point, do you agree with Professor Baker when he says we should be turning down the tap on people coming from overseas? Well,
1: um... I think it's hard to imagine how we could do that, and the important thing is that everybody coming in now is doing that 10 days managed isolation, and so we have got a. We know we've got a very good uh, managed isolation program. We have our testing program, our border workforce, our, our workers there, and that's what picked up this case uh, that we found in the last few days, and we're able to then get onto it really quickly. So. Um, Turning down the tap is is not as easy as it might be. uh, It's not as easy to do as it is to say.
0: What will trigger you to advise the government to alter traffic light settings? If if we had say an Omicron outbreak in Auckland, would that do it? Well, one of the things we are looking at is
1: the current um, measures in each of those traffic light settings. You know, the green, amber, and red, because. It is uh, based on a Delta-type outbreak and it served us very well. We can see we've had a, you know, it's effectively a really good summer here in New Zealand and case numbers dropping now on average about 20 a day in the community. So it, it is effective at supporting um, a Delta-type outbreak. But we know Omicron's a different, um, a different beast, really. It's uh, more transmissible the vaccine isn't as protective in terms of transmission. And so, yes, it's important we do look at those settings and that's what we've got
0: underway. What do you make of those countries that have slid into accepting it as, uh, dealing with it in an endemic uh, approach rather than a pandemic approach, saying it's coming, let's deal with it?
1: Well, most of those countries that are in that situation had no choice. they, they, They had Omicron widespread in their communities and so they're, are managing it, and they've had to use a range of measures, including in countries, for example, the Netherlands, Denmark, quite a range of tough restrictions put in place on on movement and gatherings to help manage it.
0: We so it would mean more lockdowns, you're saying?
1: Not necessarily, actually. Um, but remembering that even under our current traffic light settings, and we've got Northland in red and red, the rest of the country in orange, there are restrictions on movement and on gathering size, and uh, unvaccinated people are quite restricted in terms of some of the things they, they cannot do at the moment. And the question is not so much lockdowns, but it's about what additional restrictions on movement or advice might you do? And, and again, um, things like working from home, um, increasing um, uh, or reducing the numbers who can gather in certain places, they're all things we can do which don't constitute a lockdown.
0: I understand that you have to leave and uh, deal with another obligation. So thanks for being available, Dr. Ashley Bloomfield.